Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Hey guys, good morning and welcome to this next iced coffee date. I feel like I haven't done one of these in my kitchen in a while, so I figured it was about time to do one. So today I'm gonna to talk about how to exercise with adrenal fatigue, um, and I'm gonna share exactly what I did as far as my workout routine, what worked for me, what didn't work for me. I get this question all the time, and if you followed along for any amount of time now, you know I am very passionate about overexercising, um, just because I fell into that trap many times over the years. I mean, just like looking back, my 20s, my 30s, not in my 40s, <laughs> but decades of my life of overexercise and just not realizing I was overexercising because I love fitness, it's a lot of fun, it brings me joy, it brings me a sense of accomplishment. There's a lot of reasons why I love fitness, but too much of a good thing can be bad. And really, I ignored the symptoms. I didn't realize all of this exercise and all of this, you know, the positive parts of exercise were actually like really draining my body. And as somebody with an autoimmune disease, I just think all of that was amplified. So this isn't to like scare you. I'm sure a lot of you are handling the exercise you're doing really well. But if you're somebody that's in that kind of like chronic illness, autoimmune, um, you have all these weird symptoms, you're constantly tired, your blood sugar's a mess, um, could be something going on as far as how much exercise you're doing. And I can very much relate on cutting back and how hard cutting back can be as far as that like the mental aspect of it a lot of people say it's stress relief <laughs> which I think is BS now um, I've talked about that in other episodes but like really like there is a component of it where it is really fun and I guess there could be some like stress relief but I do think you're kind of like digging yourself more into a hole as far as what you're doing to your body so we I've talked about that before I don't want to like <laughs> <laughs> beat a dead horse with that point. Um, but I do think just paying attention to how our body responds to uh, this type of exercise is really important as far as overall health, hormones. I mean, I, we've had so many women come to us where their hormones are just trashed from years of running marathons and overexercise and everything. And it's just, it's just too much stress on the body. So I'm going to tell you um, what I did. If you want to hear my story, um, there's an episode. I'll put it in the show notes. You can hear all about my story, all the details. But I'm going to get into the specifics about what I did. More solution-based today um, instead of like storytelling, which I've been doing. Um, so first, I want to start off with uh, the idea of adrenal fatigue. So this is like super common. I think we hear this again and again. And I just want to say it's not really a thing. <laughs> So I think it's easy to understand like the adrenals get worn out, they get fatigued um, from chronic stress, over exercise and stuff like that, but it doesn't really work like that. I mean, there is something called Addison's disease where there is adrenal sufficiency, where it's an autoimmune condition, um, where it destroys you know the cells that make cortisol and all that, but that's not what most of us are dealing with. Really what's going on is there's a signal from the brain to the adrenals. And when that signal is messed up, that's essentially adrenal fatigue. So it's 
more of an HPA axis dysfunction where the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and the adrenal, there's something going on there. So really, it's your brain not signaling to the adrenals to push out cortisol. So it's like, why is the brain seeing something as stress? Why is the brain reducing that signal? Why is the brain changing its response to stress? So really it's more of a brain thing. And if you think about over-exercise and like exercising too much, like that is stressful. Like exercise is stressful for the body. So if you're exercising a ton, the brain is thinking, why are we running from a lion? Why are we um, trying to escape this danger? Why is our body sore and exhausted? Um, so the brain is kind of like questioning what you are doing. So it's really, really interesting that it's more of like a brain issue than an adrenal issue. So just kind of wanted to point that out. And I do think kind of the knee jerk reaction for like fixing adrenal fatigue and all this is throwing supplements at it as far as like, glandulars and adaptogens and ashwagandha and B vitamins and vitamin C and all that. And I'm not poo-pooing that, it helps some people, but I would say like 80% of that is helping the brain, not necessarily the adrenals. And if you are over-exercising, you're living a stressful life, none of those supplements are gonna do crap for you. <laughs> like, I have done it, I have done all those supplements and they didn't work until I actually cut back on my exercise started sleeping, started sitting on the couch more, put some boundaries around my work. I didn't get better until I actually made those lifestyle changes. Because if you are running around like a lunatic every single day and you think some supplements are gonna make things better, <laughs> they are not. They can support what you are doing, sure. I think that's really important. Like, I love the adrenal cocktail. Um, I love B vitamins. Like, there are definitely some adaptogens out there that help people. But if you aren't making those lifestyle changes, those supplements are not gonna do anything for you. So just wanted to point that out because that was actually one of my questions, like the best supplement for adrenal fatigue. And that would not be the first thing I did. That would be like really low on the totem pole as far as getting better. Um, so essentially, um, adrenal fatigue, not really a thing. It's more HPA axis dysfunction. And like essentially we're like blaming the wrong part of the body. Like we're blaming our adrenals for not pushing out cortisol, but it's really the brain. <laughs> it's really like what's going on up here as far as physical, mental, emotional stress. So there's something to think about because it's not just the exercise, it's everything. It's like the bathtub analogy. Like you can keep filling that bathtub up with water and eventually it's going to overflow. So if like you're not sleeping, you have kids waking you up in the middle of the night, you have hormonal dysfunction that's keeping you up in the middle of the night, you're not eating enough food, you have a stressful job, you have relationship problems, you have money problems, um, you're sitting in traffic. Um, all of these things like just contribute to that stress. So just adding exercise onto that just makes it more stressful. So I would just look at the big picture of what what's going on in your life. And so for me, sorry if you've heard the story a million times, like I was at a point in my life where I was writing a book. <laughs> I was in the FDN training, which was very intense. There's a lot that's required of that program. Um, I had a bazillion clients. Um, I wasn't sleeping well because I had hormone issues. Like I had a lot of things on my plate at that time. And then I added in high intensity exercise multiple times a week. And it just, it just threw me for a loop. Like I was a freaking mess at that point. Um, I had, you know, my hair falling out, my skin was breaking out. I gained a ton of weight over the course of like three months. I had belly fat. I never had belly fat before. I had cellulite on the front of my legs. Of course I have cellulite on the back of my legs. Who doesn't? Um, but there was just so many changes that I was like, oh my God, what is happening to my body? Oh, I was getting sick all the time. 
There were so many things going wrong. But anyways, like I said, listen to that episode. You can hear all the details. Okay, as far as what to do, um, so I think testing can be really helpful. I love the Dutch. It has this section on the test where you can see your cortisol pattern throughout the day. And I think that can be helpful as far as giving you a baseline um, because we hear about high cortisol. We don't often hear about low cortisol, but high cortisol can become low cortisol. So it would be nice to have that information to see kind of where you are. What you would do is kind of the same as far as just reducing stress, reducing that exercise, nourishing your body, self-care, that type of stuff. So like what you would do isn't that different, but it's nice to see what that cortisol pattern is doing throughout the day. So testing is always helpful just to have that data. Um, I'm a data person. I think it's really, really motivating as far as behavior change goes because you're seeing on a piece of paper, your cortisol is screwed up. You need to make some changes. I think that's really helpful or more helpful than somebody just saying, oh, you're stressed. <laughs> like, no shit, I'm stressed. Like, everybody's stressed. Um, but having it on paper can be really, really helpful. And obviously, this is what we do. We do testing, we do hormone testing, we do cortisol testing, all that. So if you're in this boat, you need some help, come to us. Um, the second thing that was really helpful to me, and I've talked about it a few times, is heart rate variability. <sighs> Has been so helpful for me. It was just that data every single day because I was that person that ignored my symptoms. Like I literally would be waking up in the middle of the night starving, um, you know, eating cereal in the middle of the night, going back to bed, and then going to Orange Theory the next day. It was just like, what is wrong with you? Like you were totally ignoring your body. But I did this for months, years, really long time. Um, so the HRV was really helpful as far as giving me that data. Like, is your body recovering? And so I used the Training Today app on the Apple Watch and then also the Health app. That's what I've been using more recently just because it gives you more updates throughout the day. And I like just seeing kind of like what's happening throughout the day. But there's a million HRV apps out there. Some of them are free. Some of them work with Garmin. Um, there's the Aura Ring. There's the Whoop Band. There's like a million options. But HRV is essentially... Um, um, giving you data on how your body is recovering um, from stress, from exercise. It started in the endurance world as far as like triathletes and marathon runners and things like that. And now like regular people use it. Um, but basically it's the time in between the beats of your heart. So it's not your heart rate, it's the time in between. And the whole theory is the more variability between those beats, um, the more um, adaptable your body is, um, the more your body is able to recover. And if there is less variability between those beats, your body is struggling to recover, your body is a little bit more stressed out. Um, so it just can give you some really good data about how your body responds and what you want to happen. So exercise is stressful. So it's okay to see a little dip in your HRV after a workout, but then it should recover and come back up and be normal. And that's the response that you want to see. But me, when I was overtraining, I would do a workout, my HRV would crash, and then it would be low for days. And a lot of times I would just keep working out. <laughs> Like I just didn't care. Um, and it was very distinct during those Orange Theory days. Like I would do Orange Theory, I would crash, I would be like in the red. And then sometimes I would take a day off. I wouldn't always go like the next day, but I would not be fully recovered and I would go back to Orange Theory, theory and see it crash again. So like my HRV was like in the shitter for like months and I just ignored it. I just ignored it. 
and like no wonder I was having so many issues. So I love HRV, it's amazing. Again, like if you have an Apple Watch, it works with it. Um, I do think like the Aura Ring and the Whoop Band are a little bit more like accurate, but I think this is a good measure just to see like overall what your body's doing and to look for trends over days and months and weeks and all that. Um, so big fan of HRV, big fan of HRV. I should probably do a whole episode on HRV. I should like have like an interview with somebody from Whoop or something like that. I'll see if I can finagle that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay, so how to exercise. So I think this is probably the most important part of this podcast episode because I get this question all the time, like what did you do? How did you get to that point um, as far as recovery? And I do think I'm at a phase now where I am, I don't wanna say fully recovered, but I think I'm in a much better place. Like I have done some harder workouts and I'll see that dip in my HRV and then I'll recover. But in general, I don't feel like death. Like I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. Like it would take me forever to get up and get going in the morning. I would need coffee in the morning. I just felt tired. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't motivated to work out. I wasn't motivated to do the things that I normally do. I just felt like I was dragging so much. And especially after a workout, like there were some days I felt like I needed a nap. Like I just was so tired and I didn't have that like, get up and go like, ooh, I wanna go for a run or I wanna lift something heavy. I was just like going through the motions. So now I actually do have that motivation. I feel pretty good about exercise. Like there was a day last week or the week before I did a walk run. It was probably like the most running I've done in like years. Actually, no, I did Helen yesterday and that was three quarters of a mile. So I did some running. So um, it was 10 minutes, it was 10 minute workout. But still, like the fact that like my body can handle that and recover from it is a good thing. I feel fine today, I feel great. Um, so just progress, progress, progress. But anyways, okay, so when I really started changing things, I stopped Orange Theory, I went to OPEX, and I was just, OPEX is kind of like personal training in a group setting. It's basically just strength training. Um, and I started there and I was doing four workouts a week. They were probably like an hour long. And truthfully, that was too much for my body. Like I would see my HRV crash. It was just too much. Cause for me, <laughs> the membership's very expensive there. So I just wanted to like get my money's worth. I didn't want to waste my money. So I would go four days a week and I would lift really heavy. I'd be like, I gotta just, you know, try my hardest, do my best, I gotta make this worth it. Um, and I would be, I'd be exhausted. I'd be exhausted leaving there. Like the next day I would be sore and tired and I would go back, you know, do a class. I just wouldn't be motivated to go. Oh my gosh, there were so many times that I like should not have been working out there and I was just pushing my body. And you know what? I wasn't losing any weight. I was gaining weight. Like it, it was not good. It was not good. It was just too much for me. And we did make a lot of changes to my routine and we ended up settling on three days a week. And I think that worked. And eventually on my, my own, own choice, I eventually stopped OPEX and just started working out on my own. And I just knew myself. I'm like, I needed shorter workouts. I needed less intensity. And I think that's where I really started to heal my body because I was like listening to my body and paying attention to my body. And that's where Strong Made Simple came in. Um, the various workout programs that I created that were a lot shorter and strength-based and there wasn't as much high intensity stuff in there. And really like, listening to my body and like working out on my own um, just was huge for me as far as like really recovering this. Also sitting on the couch, getting more sleep, all those things made a difference too. Okay, so let me tell you what 
like the plan I ended up making for myself that I think worked. And this is kind of like what I stick to now for the most part. Um, so I do three days of strength training per week, but they're on non-consecutive days. So I don't do back-to-back -back strength workouts. I give myself a full day or two to recover from those workouts. And it's a full body strength workout, um, you know, dumbbells, barbells. Sometimes I'll go to CrossFit, kind of depends how I feel. But I'm not lifting for more than 30 minutes. Like I cut it off. And like if I go to CrossFit, um, you know, we have a strength part of the workout and then we have like the workout of the day. Um, and that amount of time altogether is probably like 30 minutes. <laughs> There's a lot of like social hour and warming up and stretching at CrossFit. So um, I think that was a good mix for me, but like I just didn't go more than that 30 minutes. I just felt like if I went more than that 30 minutes, it was just taxing on my body and I was really tired. But focusing on things that hit like the major muscle groups as far as squatting, deadlifting, pushing movements, pulling movements, maybe a little bit of core workout. Um, but you know, if you're looking for something like this, Strong Made Simple, Strong Made Simple 2, I think they are great options. Um, it's actually a four day a week program, um, but you could totally do three days a week if you're struggling with this adrenal fatigue over exercise, I think that would totally be fine. Um, and then two days a week, I would go for a walk. Um, and again, that would be 30 minutes, or less. Um, I wouldn't be speed walking. It would just be kind of like a regular paced walk. I would maybe listen to music. I would maybe listen to a podcast. Um, but again, I wasn't overdoing it. And like I said, now, two and a half years later, um, I did add some like jogging intervals in. But again, it was like 30 seconds of jogging, two minutes of walking. 30 seconds of walk or jogging, two minutes of walking. I wasn't letting my body get stressed out. But I really think like going more than 30 minutes is where like you start to have like cortisol issues. So I was really, I really stuck to that because I think in the past I was used to doing 45 minutes of cardio, an hour of cardio. <clears throat> I would think like I needed more exercise to make it worth it or make it count. But I really think that 30 minute mark and holding myself to it was what helped me get better. And then <clears throat> two days a week was totally rest. I might go for a walk or something like that, like with the dog or something or, you know, maybe we would hit some golf balls. I would do some sort of movement on those days, but there definitely wasn't like a structured workout. And there were some days I did absolutely nothing. Like I worked and then sat on the couch, like I did nothing. Um, I mean, I guess you could do some like yoga or something like that. I think that would probably be fine, that like restorative movement, um, but nothing, nothing strenuous. So really um, to recap, <laughs> three days of strength training, no more than 30 minutes, two days of walking, 30 minutes where I mean, if you're feeling good, maybe like a brisk pace, but not running. Um, and then two days of rest was basically the routine that worked for me. Um, and then also, um, I wasn't working out on an empty stomach. Again, that can be really stressful on the body. Make sure you have a little snack, some carbs, some protein, some good stuff, if possible. Sorry, I can't talk, talk right now. And then I put all my workouts in the morning or midday, because if you have cortisol issues, um, you might have kind of just like like a messed up circadian rhythm as far as feeling wired and tired at night, waking up in the middle of the night. So trying to get your exercise in early in the day um, actually works more with that circadian rhythm um, because most of your cortisol is pervert, produced, <laughs> I cannot talk today, guys, produced first thing in the morning. So working with that cortisol pattern can be really good as far as getting good quality sleep and everything. Because if you're working out at night and then trying to sleep, you're getting your cortisol up and then you're expecting to go to sleep, it can be really hard. So just trying to front load your day as far as exercise goes. 
So as far as like this approach working for me, I just want to give you some of like the details on why I think this is a good way to work out. Um, one is because the strength training, it's foundational. It's really good for building lean muscle. It's good for your metabolism. It's good for regulating your blood sugar and that stability because your muscles use that glucose as fuel. So there's a lot of reasons for that strength training. So like if you were to cut out something from your routine, it, I think it should be cardio, 100% all high intensity cardio focused on the strength training. I mean, really like in the perfect world, you would be doing no exercise. Like I should have said that right up front. Like if you are struggling with cortisol, adrenal issues, HPA axis dysfunction, I would say no exercise at all. But as somebody that loves exercise, who exercise six days a week, sometimes seven days a week, to tell that person you can't exercise at all is a real issue and they're probably not gonna listen. I mean, we have clients now, cortisol's through the roof, cortisol super duper low, and it's been months and they will not cut back on their routines. So like, I get it, I was there too. So that's why I wanted to give you kind of like a middle ground um, as far as doing some workouts, um, but not overwhelming your system. So just wanted to point that out. I should have said that in the beginning. Um, Secondly, um, the cardio component I think is long enough that you can get that quote unquote stress relief. Maybe you can burn a little bit of fat, but it's not overwhelming your body. You're not becoming overstimulated. The brain is not worrying about why you're exercising so much. Um, and really like anything longer than like 30 minutes, I just think like it's just pushing your cortisol levels up where you don't want that to happen. It's just too much on the body. Um, and it, it can be hard to like cut back, especially if you're used to doing that. But I think that's, that's a good place to be. I mean, honestly, if you're really struggling, I think even 20 minutes. I mean, there are days that like, I'd stick to 20 minutes of high intensity or like, um, I guess high intensity, like sweat made simple is 20 minute workouts. And I just feel like I was in like a really good place when I was doing those workouts. Like it was enough where I feel like I got a workout, but it wasn't too much where I felt exhausted from it. So I would feel it out like 20 to 30 minutes as far as those, like the cardio sessions go, as far as like the run walking or walking, or I mean, maybe like a quick, like CrossFit-y 10 minute workout. I don't know. It kind of depends on the person, it depends on the person, but perfect world, no exercise. And then um, finally, as far as like the timing, like if you're struggling with this, like you might have some wonky cortisol patterns. Um, so again, like working out in the morning, I think is really, really good. Um, if you're getting, if you're waking up super early to wake out, I would kind of like question if that's working for you because ideally you would be sleeping. Um, and then also, um, if you're not getting restless sleep, getting up to exercise is adding more stress. Like really, if you're getting up at like five in the morning, you should go be going to bed at like nine. <laughs> like I have clients that are like, oh, I'm up to 11, 12, and then I wake up at five to work out. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if that's enough sleep, girlfriend. Um, so I just look at like how much sleep you're getting, how much stress is going on in your life and see if those early morning workouts are really for you. Um, I would even say like taking off weeks at a time from exercise can be really good for you as far as healing the body, healing um, the adrenals, HPA access, because this is what I learned. The more you work out, the more you push it with your workouts, the longer it's gonna take to heal. Um, and I was that person that was always like on the fine line, like, can I handle this? Can I not handle this? You know what I mean? And I just kept pushing the workouts. Um, and it took me a really long time to heal. I mean, it's been two and a half, almost three years um, of trying to get better and really cutting back on my workouts. But um, it, ha it will happen, it will happen. But I do think like, 
the more low key you are, the more rest you have, the quicker this will happen. So I wouldn't, like, I just took three weeks off from CrossFit. I mean, it's not like I didn't do anything, um, but I took three weeks off from high intensity exercise. I was like, I just want to like feel good, get my system under control. I was just feeling like really depleted and like having a few UC symptoms. And I was like, let's just get this under control. Um, and I think it helped, I think it helped. I worked out yesterday, felt awesome, did all my pull-ups. It was, it was a great workout. And then um, final thought, like exercise at the end of the day should make you feel energized. It should make you feel good. And I hear again and again from women, like I feel exhausted from my workouts. I'm so sore, I'm so tired. And like, that's not the response you want. And I mean, I have been there too. I was programmed to think that go harder, go better, no pain, or is it no, no pain, no gain, <laughs> like stuff like that. It just, it's not. It's not good, it's not good. Like you should feel good. And I've told you these stories, like I used to do workouts and feel like I needed a nap after. I feel like I needed to sit down afterwards. I was just so exhausted. And those are not good signs. They're not good signs your body is handling the fit as well. Okay, questions. So I got these from you guys on Instagram. And I have to say, these were awesome questions. Good job guys, good job. Really, really good questions. Okay, so let me go through these. All right, how do you know if you're recovered? Great question. So a few things. Um, I think the number one is just having good energy throughout the day. Like I said, I would have these like peaks and valleys on energy. Like I would just feel so tired. Like one, not being able to get out of bed in the morning. Like I felt so bad. I'm a morning person. I've always been just up and at them. Like I don't need an alarm. I just get up, get out of bed. Everything's fine. And when I was really struggling with this, like I felt awful in the morning. I felt kind of like nauseous almost in the morning. Um, I don't want to say dizzy, but just like not totally stable and like needed some sort of caffeine or something to get going in the morning. I just felt so tired. Um, also that afternoon slump, I would feel really tired. Um, I'd fall right to sleep at the end of the night, but then I would be waking up in the middle of the night with like blood sugar issues and all that. Um, but I just felt bad. I just felt, I just didn't have good energy. My mood kind of sucked as well. And now energy's great. Like I have motivation. I'm happy. I don't have crazy mood swings. Like I just, I feel good. I feel good. I sleep, slept great last night. Um, I don't think I woke up at all. Amazing. Um, also, uh, motivation in general, I think is really important. Like I went through a good phase there. I just didn't really want to work out. Like I was doing it cause I felt like I had to, you know, like the whole, I don't want to gain weight. Like I don't want to lose my progress, you know, like that type of motivation there. Um, but like, I didn't, I didn't really want to do the workouts. I mean, once I got going, it was like kind of enjoyable, but the actual thought of lifting something heavy or sweating or doing something hard, I was like, that just does not sound enjoyable. So like motivation has changed. Um, hormones are in a much better place. Like I was getting shorter cycles, um, mood swings, low energy. Like I was having like a lot of like PMSC symptoms, all that has gone away. Um, HRV has been really, really helpful. Again, like I'll see the HRV dip a little after a hard workout, but then it will come back up and I'm good for the day. I don't have red days. <laughs> I used to just be in the red every single day. Um, now it's not an issue. Um, blood sugar is a lot more steady. Um, I, th I really think it's like the energy, the mood and motivation have like really, really changed for me. All right, next question. How long after a workout should you feel recovered? Which I think is a great idea. So, I mean, I guess it depends who you ask. I mean, I would think like you really shouldn't have much soreness after a workout. I think you can get a good workout and not feel crazy sore. But I can tell you there were days like during this time where I would do a workout and be sore for like 
three days, four days, like, like bad soreness, like, oh, this is like really uncomfortable. Like I couldn't like, like hook my bra, you know what I mean? I couldn't wash my hair. Like things were like so sore, like sitting down. I was like, oh, my glutes. Um, but I think you should recover within, I don't know, like 24 hours, like quickly. Like you shouldn't be like super duper sore forever. And if you are, I mean, there's a good amount of inflammation in your body. I mean, that's, that's not necessarily a good thing. I mean, sure, you need a little of that to like break down muscle, have it build back, you know, get stronger, all that. But I mean, you shouldn't be sore for like multiple, multiple days. And then if you're super duper sore and you're working out again, like you're really never fully recovered. So um, I would just give yourself more time between workouts. But, but yeah, now, I mean, I might be like a teeny bit sore the next day, but then I'm fine by day two. Um, is it necessary to take a day off between workouts? Yes, if you have um, adrenal fatigue, HPA axis dysfunction, I would absolutely take a day off between workouts, maybe even two days off between workouts because you want your body to fully recover. Because again, the brain is telling the adrenals um, that something is stressful. And if you're just adding more and more stress, the brain is never really gonna be okay with what's going on. It's gonna be like, why are we running from this tiger? Why are we lifting these heavy things? Like, what is going on? Why are we stressed? Um, so yeah, I would definitely take a day off, maybe two days off um, between workouts. Um, that's what I was saying about the, the lifting. Um, don't lift back-to-back -back days, like non-consecutive days, do the workouts. Um, and yeah, there's definitely, I mean, even now, there's times I take three days off. <laughs> you know, between workouts, four days off between workouts. Uh, it just kind of depends how I'm feeling. Um, favorite supplements, which I talked about. Again, I think like you're not gonna see major changes until you cut back on the exercise and rest. Um, should you do walking and nothing else? I kind of answered that. I think perfect world, like if you really wanted to recover, all you would be doing is walking. <laughs> <laughs> like walking and sitting on the couch and sleeping. I think that's the perfect world, but I get it. Like there is a desire to work out and I, I'm that person. Um, I mean, it took me years to get to this place where I'm like, okay with like not working out for extended periods of time. Uh, but yeah, walking is your friend, walking in nature. I mean, there's so many benefits of walking. Um, use to inform, oh, symptoms. I couldn't even re read what I wrote. Um, should you use symptoms to inform workout choices? Which I thought was a really good question. Yeah, I think that would be great. Just like listening to your body, seeing how you're feeling. And that's kind of what I go off of now. I do a little of that cycle syncing too. So um, if you're not familiar with that, I have a quick masterclass. It's like 60 minutes, it's got a cheat sheet and everything. But it's really like working with your cycle to um, plan your workouts. Um, and that actually was a big turning point for me with my fitness when I was at OPEX because when I started there, I was doing the four workouts a week, they were just exhausting my body, and I was noticing motivation and energy um, going into those workouts. Like there were some days I just felt awful going in there, but then there were some days I felt pretty good and I was lifting heavy, and I started to notice a pattern with my cycle. So during like the first half of my cycle, I had more energy, I was more motivated, and the second half, I was like, oh my God, I can't do this shit. <laughs> It's like too hard. Um, so that was really, really helpful. But I think, yeah, like working with your energy levels, working with your symptoms, I think is really good, is really helpful. Um, if you're interested in that masterclass, I'll put it in the show notes. It's like 19 bucks. I would totally grab it if you're interested in that. I think it's like super helpful. And there is a little cheat sheet that can like walk you through how to do it and like the types of workouts that might be good for certain times of your cycle. But yeah, that was a big turning point for me as far as like working with my cycle. And I think the biggest thing that I took away from that is 
um, like that week before my period when I had that low energy, being okay with not working out. Um, because yeah, your body is getting prepared for menstruation, like your body is working extra hard to do certain things. So adding that stress in there, um, as far as exercise go, was actually like doing more harm than good. Um, and I started to notice like when I was a lot more low key um, on my workouts, like I didn't have as many PMS symptoms. My cycle wasn't getting short. It was back to 28 days. Um, there was sometimes like when I was like working out too much where my cycle was like 22 days, 23 days, 24 days, it was starting to get shorter because of the low progesterone. Um, but taking that time off, you know, during that last week or being more low key with my workouts, my cycle started to get like a lot more regular and everything. So I don't know, I'm a big fan of that. But yeah, like working with your symptoms and really like asking yourself, this is what I do. Um, like, is this gonna be fun? Is this gonna feel good? Do I want to do something hard right now? Do I wanna lift heavy? And if the answer is, you know, no, I don't wanna lift heavy, I don't wanna do something hard right now, I go for a walk or I just take a rest day. Um, because yeah, I just, I don't know, there were so many times I just forced myself to do this and I just kept ignoring my body and ignoring my symptoms and things just kept getting worse and worse. So um, I, I'm really big into like, slowing down, listening to your body, you know, paying attention to some of that cycle syncing stuff, paying attention to the HRV. Um, I think there's a lot of ways to get you through this where you don't have to do like absolutely nothing, but doing something that's really supportive and restorative as far as like what you're doing um, with your movement and fitness and everything without overwhelming the body. All right, that was a lot guys. <laughs> I hope you found that helpful. Um, and like I said, check out my, my story. Um, I have talked about overtraining a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and I'll include some resources in the show notes um, as far as workout programs that can help you get you through this. Um, those programs are very much inspired um, by my own personal situation and realizing that I needed to do less. Um, but of course, <laughs> it was hard for me not to do nothing. Um, so really finding that balance for me. Um, but those, those programs are very much inspired by my own personal journey and I think they can be helpful. Um, and really wrapping your brain around, like you don't have to work out for an hour it still counts if you do 20 minutes uh, and sometimes less is more and I've talked about the body composition changes like I still have abs they came back finally I lost the weight I had gained like I just feel a hundred times better and yeah it took it took time um, but it's it's been a hundred percent worth it and really like what's the alternative are you just gonna keep exercising yourself into a hole <laughs> like are you just gonna let the symptoms get worse and worse are you gonna kill your hormones and your thyroid like I don't know, I just think it's, it's, it's worth it. It's 100% worth it. Um, and you'll get there, you'll get there. Um, we see it all the time with our clients. Um, you just have to have the patience and be willing to do something different, um, which I think is the hardest part because it's different and it's uncomfortable and it's not what you normally do. So it's hard to tell somebody that works out six days a week that you're only gonna work out three. It's kind of scary, but um, if you can work through that discomfort and be okay with that scariness, um, you will be in a much better place and much happier down the road as far as symptoms and fitness and feeling good. Um, and I know there's a fear of like gaining weight and all that and I just, with our clients, I mean, it just, I don't know, I just feel like most of them see better body composition changes, if anything, um, as far as like cutting back on the exercising, taking care of their body, making sure they're eating good food. Um, they, they lose weight, they tone up, they, they, look, they look good. They look good as far as um, their body composition goals go. 
All right, I'm done rambling. I hope you guys found this helpful. Any questions, you know, hit me up. I'm more than happy to um, talk about this or help you out if you need more of a game plan or a fitness program or something like that. Um, and yeah, I'll put all the things I mentioned in my show notes and I hope you guys have a lovely day.